Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're looking at a genuinely good movie, Child's Play 2 from 1990. How's it hanging, Phil? I'm very excited to talk about this one. It was, it was the best option on the wheel, and I'm joined by a quality guest in my good friend, Nick Gimont. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad we could continue the, the series. Yes, you're becoming the Child's Play correspondent. That is the only thing I've ever wanted in that's, life. That's good. You've achieved it. Perfect. <laughs> There's nowhere but down downhill to go from here. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> so, how you doing, man? Oh, you know, living life. It's, it's Thanksgiving time. I don't know when this is getting posted, but we're we're in, we're in the holidays. We're in the holidays. It's it's getting snowy, and what better way to to celebrate than watching a demonic doll sure terrorize a child's life uh, that's uh, that's that's the peak that's the best way to enjoy the holidays did you like the movie i enjoyed it i enjoyed one i think this was a step up from from one and slowly they're just getting better i agree um, and i you know i have no complaints yeah i also like two better than one so i was i was very happy so we're gonna be going uh through the plot of this movie beat by beat because we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies you can check out our current list on twitter at how to horror we got our 40 rules on there we'll see if we hit 41 today but point is we're gonna be spoiling the plot of this movie so if you have not seen child's play 2 i recommend you go watch it watch the first one obviously and then watch the second one they're both a lot of fun, so go ahead and check those out, and then come back and listen to us. Spoiler alert, you have been warned. All right, anything else before we get into this? No, let's do it. All right, let's get into the plot of Child's Play 2. All right, so the movie begins with the discarded remains of Chucky from the first movie getting kind of rebuilt and refurbished in a plant, the good guy plant. So we meet Mr. Sullivan, who's a businessman who works for the good guy plant, and his assistant, Matson, and... Mr. Sullivan, obviously, both of them are unhappy with the situation because what has happened since the events of the first movie is Andy's story has gone public. Uh, Andy and his mom have both maintained, yeah, there was a killer doll. The police are not backing them up, though, at all, which is smart, probably, because voodoo bullshit. Probably not very believable at this stage of the game. Yeah, it's, it's a bad draw all around. So Andy's mom has been put in a psych ward, and Andy is in the foster care system he's staying at a youth shelter. And so what the company is trying to do is since they're going to recreate this doll. They, they, they examined it. There was nothing wrong with it as far as they could tell. They refurbished it, and their plan is to just be like, oh, no, nothing's wrong. It was uh, Clearly it was just the kid and the mom. There's nothing wrong with our dolls. What do you do? Is this the correct business move? What, what would you do if you were running this business? I would not go and search for the remains of a demon doll. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be step number one. Sure. I, I would say there's better ways to go about it. I Luckily, I've never been in this situation before, sure. so so I, I I would just, you know, move ahead. I wouldn't, I wouldn't search out to recreate the doll. Try and just brush, brush past brush, it? Brush past it, you know. If the police put it behind them, you can put it behind you too. Okay. You don't, you don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, this is such a ridiculous claim that I think you can brush it off without having to refurbish the doll. But they do say that there's a, a rumor going around that somebody at the factory tampered with the doll. 
And so I think to prove that it wasn't an inside job in any way, I can kind of see where they're coming from, like refurbish it and they can say, we checked it out and there's nothing wrong with it. Sure. So while they're working on this doll, one of the machines like misfires and ends up electrocuting one of the technicians. One of the first OSHA uh, problems we see in this movie. Uh, many. One of many. This factory needs to be shut down. And sooner rather than later. Yes. So this technician dies. I don't think he ever had the chance to realize he was in a horror movie. Because the first rule we talk about here, rule number one, is to survive a horror movie, you have to know you're in one. And I don't think this guy had a chance to know he was in one. No, he was just, just a man doing his job. Yep. and Working for the weekend. You know, he might not have even known the whole story on this thing. Who knows? Right. Top break. You Nothing know. you can do. Yep, that's that just sucks. That's showbiz, baby. Yep, sometimes uh, people get killed at work, and we just gotta all move on. Yeah, get, continue and get the profits. Absolutely. <laughs> so we meet our foster care worker who's been taking care of Andy, a woman named Grace, who's played by uh, Grace Zabrisky. I can't really pronounce her last name, but she is notable uh, from one of our favorite shows, Twin Peaks. Just a great, great '90s actress. Yes. Now, granted, she was incredibly annoying on Twin Peaks. Much less annoying here. Yes, I agree. She's tough to watch in Twin Peaks. It's all the crying. <laughs> One of her best qualities. Yeah, I mean, get over here. Your, your daughter died. Yeah, come on. <laughs> What's the big deal? <laughs> so we have Grace here, and she is trying to get this uh, family, uh, Phil and Joanne Simpson, to uh, bring in Andy as their foster parents because they've, they have another foster kid as well. And Phil is hesitant because he's like, so, just how messed up is this kid? Phil's kind of an asshole. But he's right. But he's ri- he's right, but he's like... Yeah, he is kind of an asshole throughout the entire movie, but we're going to talk about what he does, and I'm going to be like, yeah, if we didn't know the truth through Andy's eyes, I'm Phil. I'm totally <laughs> fair. Like, I think it's fair. He doesn't feel qualified uh, to handle this, and that's a fair thing i know i wouldn't be sure (laughs) but joanne kind of convinces him and they end up taking andy in i will say though on the way back to their house phil violates a rule he gets distracted he's talking to andy rule number 37 keep your eyes on the road he almost straight up crashed into a truck killing all of them and then movie's over movie's over and then what's chucky gonna do now he's can't get andy's body that is a great question. What does happen to Chucky if Andy dies? He's screwed. Like, He's just that's... like, well, I guess I'll go kill people. <laughs> that's about it. Because, yeah, Chucky's goal is he needs... The, he, the first person he told his true identity to was Andy, and that's the only person he can transfer his soul into for reasons. And so that's Chucky's goal in this movie. Is Just like it was in the first movie, he's trying to do a ritual to take over Andy's body. Okay, so there's lots of decorations in this house, like really old decorations, and Andy tries to touch one, and Phil says, Andy, rule number one, don't touch the old stuff. No, Phil, rule number one is you have to know you're in a horror movie. Yeah, He should know that. Come on, Phil. If something is super fragile and expensive, don't leave it at a child's eyesight. Yeah, if you're bringing young kids into this house, maybe just put all of this stuff in like one room and keep that one locked. You'd think so. I think I think your parents had a, a room like that filled with creepy dolls. They had one creepy doll, to be fair. It was one. There's no way it was just one. It was just one. I mean, there's other like, well, statues it t- and stuff. It, it took over the room. It did take over the room. I don't even that know was that the only. That was the only thing I remember about that room. That thing's missing. I don't know where it is, and that's horrifying. Oh, that's, a gr- that's a great sign. I'm glad I don't live in my parents' house anymore, because I don't know where that thing is. Oh. Mom and Dad, rule number one, you might be in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> you better find that doll and get rid of it quick. 
It doesn't have a name, does it? I don't think so. Okay, it's just creepy doll that sits. Creepy in the doll corner. that sits in a room. So we meet uh, Andy's foster sister Kyle, who's kind of a moody teenager, uh, who smokes a lot, even though she's not supposed to. But I like Kyle. She's pretty cool. I agree. Kyle is, uh, you know, doing her own thing. She's getting by in a bad situation. Yep. And just kind of making make the most of it. When I first saw this movie, I was expecting them to fight a lot more, but they get along pretty quickly, which is I, nice. I would agree. There, There's not a lot of hostility or animosity in there. They're just, you know... Doing two, the best they can. Two, two kids. And yeah, she's like 17. Yeah. So we uh, Joanne takes Andy to see his room. Lots of toys, but there was a good guy doll in there. Not Chucky. What an oversight. Whoops. That's a big whoops. Get rid of that. That's... Yesterday. Yeah, long time ago. Andy, of course, is traumatized, and he tries to run away. Phil comes in and goes, Andy, rule number two, no running in the house. Wrong again, Phil. No, uh, and, uh, Phil, rule number two is constant vigilance. And you guys should have been constantly vigilant and move this doll. He's 0 for 2. Yeah. I think he needs a refresher. If you're taking in a kid who has a traumatic past, try and get rid of all the reminders of that past. At least for at the beginning. You know, that would that would make too much sense. Yes. So rule number three, do your damn job. Phil and Joanne, foster parents. Gotta be on the ball. Phil also takes me as the kind of guy that would probably do that deliberately just to haze the kid. Sure. I could see that. Just to tough him up. We have no evidence of that, for sure, but oh, the, yeah, this I could is, tell. This is complete conjecture. Phil, don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> so Joanne takes the doll away. Now, at this point, you destroy this doll. Because rule yes. number one, Andy thinks he's in a horror movie now, which right. is fair. The second I see one of those dolls of my Andy, I think I'm in a horror movie. Because you never know which one's Chucky. Right. But these, they don't get rid of it. They just set it downstairs in a chair. Toss it in the trash. Troll empathy for the, the foster child you just brought in. I mean, for real. This is not good, guys. Rule number three, do your damn job. Bad foster parents. Bad foster parents. I feel like that you don't see many movies about good foster parents. That's true. That's true. I'm struggling to think of any. Anyway, then, then we see a Matson, the assistant at the Good Die Factory, leaving work with real Chucky. He puts Chucky in the back seat, and he, he's driving off. He's going to go get some vodka and meet up with his lady. He's got a car phone in his car. Well, Chucky uses the car phone while he's inside the liquor, liquor store to call the foster agency. Don't know how he knows this number, but good job. He's on it. Uncle Chuck knows all. <laughs> and that's exactly right. He calls Grace up and says, oh, I'm Uncle Chucky. Um, or I'm Uncle Chuck, and, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find Andy. And she tells him the address! And probably also not 100% legal. This is the worst move in the movie. I agree. This is so unprofessional. Who knows who this guy You have no verification on who this guy is. You don't even know if he has an uncle. It's so bad. Grace, what? You'd also, you'd also think if Andy had an uncle that was known... Andy would have been put in his uncle's care rather than in the foster system. You don't tell him the address. You bring him into the office and talk to him and verify he is who he says he is. Rule number three, Grace. Do your damn job. This is just awful. Embarrassing. Yeah, no, this is this is pathetic. I have a, a friend who's a social worker, and uh, I'm going to ask her about this and see how mad she gets. I really need to have her on the podcast because she she, she would have some things to say, I think. I believe it. I think she would lose her mind if she watched this movie and maybe flip a table. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair for a true professional. So Matson gets back in the car and Chucky puts a gun to his head, tells him to drive, basically. Rule number 38. Don't let yourself get taken to a secondary location. If you're being kidnapped, 
fight back now because if you get taken by somebody to somewhere else where they have more control of a situation, they can kill you as horribly as they want. Whereas if you die right here right now, you take a bullet to that. At least it'll be quick. So I got to say, I got to give some criticism towards Matson for not fighting back right here right now because nothing good is going to happen to him if he goes with. I agree. And where, and Chucky wanted to bring him to presumably Andy's new address that he just received. They drove into Andy's neighborhood. Okay. Drove past the house, then they went to a nearby park to. Okay. Oh, that's right. Finish the deal. So bad on Matson. Rule number one, you're in a horror movie also. And he's so calm about this. He is. It's like it's like he's done it before. Yeah. No, I get I get taken hostage every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's business, baby. Yeah, that's business, I guess. I don't know what kind of business they're doing, but whatever. So they end up driving to a nearby park near Andy's house, and Chucky ties Matson's arms behind the chair, reveals he had a water gun this whole time. See, I'm telling you, you, you don't you didn't even know that was a real gun, Matson. Good job. And then uh, suffocates him with a plastic bag. It's a uh, it's a pretty dramatic scene. Yeah, they draw it out a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, for for Matson, I think it was just he needed to not let himself get kidnapped. I agree. Once once you put yourself in that situation, it's a little hard to get out. Yeah, you once can't... you're tied up, you, you just can't let yourself get to that point. You know, fight back before there because nothing good will happen. Right. And that's good life advice too. Yes. Yes. Don't get kidnapped. So Chucky enters the house through the front door. That's got to be a rule. Oh, yes. Rule number 25, lock your doors. Just all the time. You don't have to be in a horror movie. Just lock your doors. This You can prevent a horror movie from this. There was a serial killer. I can't remember what his name was. It might have been like the Night Stalker or something like that. I, I Don't quote me on that. But his thing was he would go check doors. If the door was locked, he would not go in. He's like, oh, okay, no, I'm good. Uh, if it was unlocked, he's like, oh, fate is telling me I need to kill these people. Lock your doors. It's, it's an easy... First step in preventing bad shit from happening to you. Self-defense 101. Easy. It, it, it's so frustrating. This is terrible. So Phil and Joanna, you guys are not off to a good start. So Chucky finds the other Chucky doll, which is called uh, Tommy. And he just smashes it with a statue and breaks the statue. And then he takes it out into the backyard um, but, and buries it. <laughs> <laughs> Great scene. In a, in a shallow grave yep. while laughing maniacally. It's amazing. One, one of my favorite scenes from the movie. And Andy still thinks he's in a horror movie. He hears a weird noise downstairs, but Joanna's like, no, no, it's okay. Just just go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's fine. But the next day, Phil gets mad about the broken statue. He confronts the kids. They're like, no, we didn't do it because they didn't do it. But they both get grounded. Whatever. I mean, it's not like a killer doll did it. That's ridiculous. Right. That would never happen. That's the problem with this movie is it's such a far-fetched concept that I, I can't really blame anybody for not believing it until it's staring them in the face. Right. So. Has anyone, up until this point, anyone who's came around to believing Andy has eventually been killed by Chucky or sent into an insane asylum? Right. Yeah, because his mom's in the asylum. I, we don't know what happened to the detectives from the first movies. So Kyle and Andy, they do chores together and they bond a little bit. Andy takes a puff of Kyle's cigarette and Kyle gets mad at him for doing it. But that was a really funny sequence. You called it. Did I? Yeah, oh, I like, did. Yes, right before. Yep. Yeah, you called it that Andy's going to take a puff of the cigarette. I mean, once you got one in your hand, Might as well. you, you got to take a drag. <laughs> so we got a little what? Like a five-year-old taking a, a drag from a cigarette? Hey, it's it's the 90s, you know. 1990. You can, you can paint your house pink and blue. You can oh. smoke cigarettes in the basement when you're... Maybe 10 years old. Yeah, I was saying we should do a interior design podcast about this movie because, man, I wanted to barf looking at that house. So yeah. much pink and blue. A lot of pink and blue, a lot of porcelain dolls, a lot of 
a lot of frills on all of uh, all of the furniture coverings. Yeah, uh, not my style. No, I'm, though, some things I'm glad we moved past yes. as a society. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, it's just terrible. Uh, so Phil is having second thoughts about Andy. Again, kind of fair, I think. You know, he's going to get more and more against it later on, but I think Phil's got a point, especially later in the movie. At this point, Andy's not been too bad. He's broken a statue. He's scared of a doll, but Joanne likes Andy, so she wants to keep him and help him. Joanne's nice. I enjoy... She is a much more empathetic person, mm-hmm. so it sounds like they're kind of a mainstay in, like, the foster community here. Yeah. If when they're they're talking about bringing in Andy, Joanne says, you know, oh, there's always room for one more. Mm-hmm. They obviously currently still have Kyle. You would think that it seems like Joanne has learned from that and, like, became an empathetic person. Yep. Phil doesn't seem to have learned much. No. He, he, no, not a lot of real empathy for the kids. Not really understanding where they're coming from. If, if you fostered kids before, I'm sure you go in understanding that some, like, have probably been through some shit. Yes. But he seems to, to want to kind of get out of it. Yeah, it seems like this is Joanne's idea. Right. And, and he's he kind of goes along with it because it's his wife. Right. But he doesn't seem that on board. Right. Especially once all these things start happening with Andy. and The second it gets tough, yeah. he wants out. Uh, he just wants the Kodak moments. He doesn't want to do any of the, the real work. So Andy goes downstairs and sees the, the Chucky doll who's pretending to be Tommy. And Andy's smart. He's following rule number 21, learn from past events. He checks for the batteries. Unfortunately, they're there. So. Unfortunately, do you think just to again? I don't. I don't blame him. This is more like an extra credit step. I would have just taken out the batteries just uh, just to be sure. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Just to be sure. Um, I don't blame him for not. Yeah, I'm sure he has bigger things to worry about in life. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm Andy, you know, this is a big ask for like a five year old or however old he is. Right. I just go chop the thing up myself. Right, or at and, least do do what you can. And that ends up being Andy's character arc. He's kind of relying on other people to help him in this movie, and his thing right. is he eventually takes a step to do it himself. Right, um, which is a, a lesson that Kyle seems to kind of want, yep. wanting to be teaching him throughout the movie is yep. that, you know, you, you want to be able yourself. to rely on yourself. But yeah. then in the end, they both learn they can rely on each other. So it's a, it's a multifaceted Man, arc that I, I really like. It is. Um, that's why this movie works. I think it's because of the two of them. And they're, yes. They're... Uh, uh, sibling ship. Yes. You know, we don't get too many movies about foster siblings, like, at the core. And True. For a slasher movie, that's pretty cool. It is. So Andy and Kyle hang out outside, and they're they're on the swing set, which is just above where Chucky buried Tommy. <laughs> Chucky's a little bit worried about that. But that night, Andy's sleeping, and Chucky ties up Andy. Andy, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. <laughs> and Chucky starts to perform the ritual. Andy can't do anything. He's tied up. But luckily... Kyle climbs in through the window because she's coming back from a date she wasn't supposed to be on. And she's like, why are you tied up? What are you doing? What a weird scene to her. Or like, what a weird situation to walk in on. Yep. Your, your little foster brother tying himself up with uh, with a doll laying on top of him. Make way more sense if it was like, an, like a teenager. I'd be like, what are you into? Yeah, I would have. <laughs> equally, equally weird. Yeah, but um, for but probably reasons. more. Yes. Well, well, a five-year-old title. That's yes. weird. But Phil and uh, Joanne walking because they hear the noise. And they think Kyle tied up Auntie. Like, you didn't want him to tell on you, so you tied him up. What, what a deliberate, deliberate plan. By the maniacal Kyle. Yeah, wow. But that's the thing that makes the most sense in this situation. Unfortunately. Bummer. <laughs> what are you going to do? 
so yeah, no, it's a really funny scene. Uh, Phil ends up tossing Chucky in the basement and just leaves him down there. And Chucky gets a nosebleed from this. He's becoming human, so he's running out of time to switch his body. That I also saw was a theme in the movie of instead of like dealing with your problems, just throw it into another room and Deal close or lock the door. Toss him in the trash. Toss him in the trash. Toss him down the stairs. Put him in a closet and lock it. Like don't don't really do anything yeah. with him. Just put him somewhere yeah, else. Deal with your problem. You know, you just cut him to pieces just to be safe. Why not? Or just to make Andy feel better. And it. So Kyle and Andy go to school, and Chucky climbs onto the bus, uh, the school bus. So he he goes along for the ride. But Andy maintains that he didn't tie himself up. Chucky did, but no, of course nobody believes that. That's ridiculous. So during recess, Chucky finds Andy's homework and writes, uh, fuck you, bitch, on it. And so the teacher's going to see that later. Uh, Mrs. Kettlewell, who's not a nice teacher. No, I was going to say, she maybe maybe not in the language it was presented, but I think she deserved to be scolded a little bit. Yep. She was, you know, kind of a bitch. Yeah. She gets mad at Andy at one point because some kid flicks him in the head and Andy's like, hey. And then she yells at Andy. What do you want him to do? Yeah, what is he supposed to do? Not to mention that she's like, this is doubly, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically says it's twice as bad because he's a new kid and he should be working to get on her good side. Yeah. Like, what a bitch. You should be on his good uh, good side from the start. Yeah, he's a, a fucking empathy. child. He's a new kid. And it's the kid who responds to the, you know, it's a it's a criticism of the, the no tolerance policy, I think. Yes. Uh, because Andy's the one who responds. He doesn't even hit back, but he's like, hey, don't do that. And he gets the one to get in trouble. Yeah. Not the aggressor. It's a criticism of public schools. And that's the, and that's the same kid that pushed him on the bus, Yeah, right? this kid's just an asshole. What a dick. And this kid doesn't get killed. No. Missed he, opportunity. Oh, man, it's too bad Chucky can't take over his body and transfer the yeah. soul of Lee Harvey Oswald to <laughs> whatever his name. It's always Charles Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray. It's always a three-name guy. What a name for a serial killer. Charles Lee Ray. He sounds like he was part... He was a, it sounds like he was a general in the Revolutionary War. Yeah, for the South. Yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely Confederate. Charles Lee Ray. General Charles Lee Ray. Is not the sound. Definitely fights with the Confederacy. You gotta... <laughs> so Chucky is in the the classroom and Andy sees him and Mrs. Kettlewell who's getting mad about that Andy wrote fuck you bitch even though it was Chucky thinks misreads the situation thinks Andy wants to play with the doll she's like no 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 and locks the doll in the closet and tells him basically he's got detention and locks him in the classroom this is a fire hazard yes what what is going to happen to this child rule number three do your damn job this is completely inappropriate for a teacher to do this. Social workers letting us down. <laughs> teachers letting us down. Foster parents letting us down. Foster... These are supposed to be people we should rely on. Yes. And time after time, they're making bad, bad decisions. I think Kyle has a point. You can only rely on yourself. Absolutely. When you put people in charge and are in positions of power. And they're incompetent. And they're incompetent, like fucking locking you in a classroom with a demonic doll. Yep. Take the situation into your own hands, which is what he ends up doing. Yep. So he realizes Chucky, this is Chucky. Uh, so he obviously tries to get out the door. Can't do it. It's locked. So he climbs out the window. He follows rule number 11. Get out. Get out! Do what you gotta do. Door's locked. Go Chucky's banging on the closet door. Take the window. Yep. Might as well. Chucky is preoccupied. He's trapped in there. Just get out. I love it. Go for it. So Miss Kettlewell comes back. And she sees the door for the closet rattling, goes inside, thinking it's Andy. Fair enough. Don't know how he would have gotten in there because it was locked. Those meddling kids. <laughs> but 
Chucky's in there, and he ends up attacking her and like stabs her with like looks like a tire pump. I think it is Something in in the plate. miscellaneous closet. Yeah, just the junk drawer kind of. She falls over, and then Chucky attacks her and beats her to death with a ruler. And she just lays there. She doesn't even do it. You're fighting a doll. Yes. Rule number 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work. You just stand there and get beaten to death. You could. She could have easily done something about this. And she does nothing. She just dies. Worthless. Frail old bitch. I don't have any sympathy for her. I've had some frail old teachers, and I was still terrified of them. And they could definitely kick some ass if they needed to. Right. If, if it ever came... If ever... If push ever came to shove... Yep. So they I don't buy that she just died. So maybe maybe the only thing I could think of is she panicked. Rule number 10 is don't panic. Getting attacked by a killer doll maybe it made her just panic and freeze up. Right. That's the only thing I can think. But still, terrible. But good riddance. See you later. Well, we're not going to You've been you. voted off the island. Hallelujah. Andy tells Phil and Joanne about Chucky. And they'd gotten a call from Miss Kettlewell earlier saying, yeah, he got detention. And then Phil checks the basement. Chucky's still down there. Like, clearly Chucky hasn't been at the school killing people. Obviously, everything's fine. Andy, you're crazy. Everything's normal. Yep. And Phil and Joanne get into a big argument about Andy, and Phil's kind of fed up and wants to send him back. Which Andy overhears. Yep. Which, you know, great. You're going to have a giant argument about this where Andy can hear you. Do your damn job. But Kyle confronts or comforts Andy, and it's like, no, it's going to be okay. You know, the only person you can count on is yourself, and you'll be all right. Like, it sucks, but you'll be all right. But Andy, the main thing he takes away is like, you got to take care of yourself. The only person you can count on is yourself. So he is going to... Follow rule number five, lock and load, and grab himself an electric knife. You gotta, which, I don't, do they make those anymore? I don't know. I've never used one. It seems like like a thing, probably around this time, probably around the holidays, like either Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, where you're cutting a big ham or cutting a big turkey, you yeah. might have one around. I've never, I feel like I probably haven't seen one in at least a decade, though. No, yeah, we definitely didn't use one for Thanksgiving this year, so, I don't know. Shame. Um, but... Andy's got a knife. Andy's got a knife. It's a, awesome. An electric knife. Yep. Cordless, which is a premium item it's, in the not early 90s. It's a great weapon. Yes. Great find, Andy. Yes. So he goes down to the basement. Nobody believes him. He's going to handle this himself. I approve. I approve. Chucky's going to keep coming for you. It's not like you can run away from this problem. Yeah. You got to face it. Take it head on. I love it. And one thing he does is he thinks Chucky's hiding in the dryer. So he just opens it and just starts stabbing into the dryer. You got it. You got to take your chance. I, I was impressed. The first one seemed like kind of a... A light poke yeah. just to kind of feel around, and then he kind of just went to town. Fuck these bed sheets. Fuck goddamn. You can always get new more, more sheets. Exactly. But unfortunately, Chucky was on the ceiling the whole time, it seems like. Rule number two, Andy, constant vigilance. You gotta keep, keep a head on a swivel. Keep the head on a swivel. Make sure, you know, you've seen the doll do, do crazy things before. Expect crazy things to happen again. Yep. Chucky drops down on Andy, causing him to drop the knife. Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. No, I, especially when, you know, it's it's your only chance. You Maybe if you're an adult, you have a chance to overpower this. Yeah, and he can't this overpower demon doll. Chucky. Right. He's probably the same size. Keep your weapons close. Yep, you gotta have a tight grip. So they're fighting, and Phil hears this noise. So he's gonna come downstairs. But uh, Andy gets the knife back and cuts Chucky. And Chucky runs off. Before anything else can happen, Phil enters the basement and sees Andy standing there with an electric knife looking crazy. Phil! Rule number one, you might be in a horror movie. It's not the one you're actually in. You think, you know, you might think Andy's insane. Right. And that's fair at this point. And I totally, Phil is totally fine to think Andy's crazy at this mm-hmm. point. 
But Phil recognizes he's in a horror movie, but he just not, is not in the one he thinks he's in. So Phil's like, no, Andy, just, just put the knife down and it'll be all right. And he starts like slowly coming down the stairs and Chucky trips him with like a hook metal pole thing. Right. Some kind of fire poker. Yeah. He's like dangling off the side of the stairs and then sees Chucky. Chucky finally reveals himself. Phil, rule number one, you're in a killer doll horror movie. <laughs> Before Phil can do anything, Chucky drops him off the stairs and he breaks his neck. Unlucky landing. Very, very unfortunate. Yeah. You could have survived that fall, like, height-wise easily, but you land on your neck. 99 out of 100 times, you've got a sore back. The 1 out of 100 times, you have a broken neck. Yep. So, for Phil, once he was in the horror movie situation, there really wasn't much he could do. But there was stuff he could have done beforehand, like destroying the doll ahead of time, getting those other... You know, being a better foster parent, doing his damn job, he could have maybe prevented any of this from happening but maybe by accident if he just chopped up chucky doll right i feel like my problems with phil are more who he is as a person rather than the decisions he made sure but that being said if you're a little bit of a better person or a little bit better of a foster parent you could have unknowingly made some better decisions yes. that would lead to a different outcome yeah. sometimes being a good person can prevent bad things from happening sometimes the opposite is true but man you you said at the beginning of the podcast i might learn a little something about about surviving life, and that that might be it. Yep. Wow. Getting hashtag deep. Yes. Okay. Do do good things. Good things usually happen. And to to a point, you know. Don't don't to a point. You know. Don't pick up hitchhikers. True. You know. Don't be a good person to to the point where it puts you in danger. That's fair. But just being generally a good person, you, know, you can prevent bad things from happening. Absolutely. Joanne and Kyle arrive, and they see Phil's dead, and Joanne blames Andy, and she's done. She's had enough. She's gonna send him away. I mean, if you have the death of a spouse and you're a foster parent, it, it's probably not a great time for you to be a foster parent, so it might actually be better for the kids to leave at this point. Right. Especially because Kyle's only been here like three weeks, Andy's been here a couple of days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably the right call. Might, might as well, yeah. So the cops and the paramedics all arrive to take Phil away, and, and Grace comes back to pick up Andy. But Andy warns Kyle, Chuck, he's still in the basement, don't let him get you. And, of course, that's ridiculous. There's no killer doll. Of course not. This has only happened twice in two different locations now. <laughs> so after the police leave, Kyle finally does what I've been yelling at the TV this whole time. She takes Chucky outside and throws him in the garbage can. Just get him out of here. Get him out. And then she goes to sit on the swing and accidentally uncovers the, the other Chucky doll's body, uh, the Tommy doll. Checks the garbage can. Chucky's gone. Rule number one, Kyle, you're in a horror movie. You know it now. And she knows it too. You had a few clues early on. Easy to miss. Yep. Um, I don't blame her now for you know. not following anything earlier. It's fine. But now she knows and there's no excuses anymore. Absolutely. So Kyle goes inside and immediately grabs a knife, locks and loads. Rule number five. That's great. Love it. She goes upstairs and finds Joanne dead. And for Joanne, it, we don't see her get killed. So we can't, I, I can't really say anything about but what rules she may or may not have broken. Right. So, I don't know. Kind of in the same vein as, as Phil. Yeah. Like, if you if you made some some more empathetic decisions earlier yeah. on, things could have been a little bit different. Yeah, because she had the opportunity to cut up the Chucky doll, too. Right. You know, you know, but can't at, count on Phil to do that. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, but beyond that, unknown, really, what she could have done. So, Chucky attacks Kyle. She drops her knife, rule number seven, don't leave your weapons behind. Gotta have a tight grip. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> and so they have a fight, and Kyle, luckily, she doesn't give up. She she never gives up. The next thing you try to work, no. roll 17. 
Uh, she hits Chucky with a lamp, but he gets his hands on the knife and manages to take her hostage. Again, like what happened with Matson earlier, don't let yourself get taken to a secondary location. Rule number 38. If you get held hostage, it's better to fight back now and maybe get killed rather than going with to something a much worse fate. Right. So, not great, Kyle. He's a little tiny doll with a tiny knife. You might be able to fight your way out of this. That's why I, I'm just trying to figure out Chucky as, as I learn more about him. Like, his strength to size ratio is, seems unbounded. Yeah. He is a strong, small little person that is both human, but can also withstand getting limbs cut off and being burnt in fire pits like we saw in the first one. All I can say is voodoo magic bullshit. Voodoo magic bullshit, which I'm glad that... I think one of the reasons I enjoyed the second movie more is that we can kind of go into it just accepting that's part of the story instead of having to sit through half an hour of them explaining it. Like in the first one, we can kind of just jump to, okay, this exists, this is how it is. We already know the school. Let's let's focus on on, on Chucky in the movie. Yeah, that's the one thing that is nice about sequels. We can just get into it. Right. We get it. So Chucky makes Kyle drive, and he lets slip that, hey, if we don't get this soon... I'm going to become, I'm going to be stuck in this body. I don't think it ends up mattering at all, but I will say, Chucky, you probably don't want to just tell people your goals and what you, why you need to do things. Rule number nine, be careful what you say. There's no reason to give up this information. I agree. Whether it's to other people or he has a few monologues in the movie of him just kind of talking to himself and explaining things. I'm like, you can do things a little bit quicker here, you know, yeah. stop wasting your time explaining yep. things. But yeah, Chucky, you got to be focused and and. Don't talk too much. No. There's a reason why like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers are so successful. They don't yes. talk. You don't you don't waste your energy on that. <laughs> she ends up getting pulled over by a cop. Chucky realizes this they're in a station wagon. They can't run out on the cop. So they pull over and Kyle manages to talk her way out of the situation, even though Chucky's bleeding out of his nose. She's like, Oh yeah, that's a new doll feature. They bleed out their nose. That's Isn't a, that what you want in a doll? It's horrifying. You know? It's a horrifying function if that's our real toy. <laughs> Like the I exorcist, the, 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 the doll. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want that in their life? So the cop ends up letting her go. So Kyle, she's buckled up at this point, and Chucky's not. So she notices that, and she slams on the brakes, and Chucky flies to the windshield. That's great. And she hits him with the car, and then backs up and tries to hit him again. I don't think you... Well, okay. So when I was watching the movie, I didn't think she needed to do that. I think she could have just driven away. Yes. But later we're going to learn she crashed her car right next to the youth shelter. Right. So it's like, okay, she's here. Right. So it's a little bit more forgivable. But what isn't forgivable is when she gets out of her car right when she does. You know, she steps out without a weapon and is very slowly looking around. Rule number eight, don't leave your shelter. Right. Especially if it's if it's your means of a getaway as yeah. well. Like, she wasn't at the front door of the shelter. She could have backed up and just... Because this car still works... She could have just driven to the front door, given herself a little bit more distance between herself and Chucky, mm-hmm. because Chucky's just going to take her hostage again immediately the second she steps out of the car. Right. She had the upper hand, and she just gave it away by stepping outside. Shame. Not good, Kyle. Not a good move. So Chucky ends up pulling the fire alarm to get all the kids to rush out, and Andy stops when he sees Kyle and Chucky, and Grace shows up. She's like, what is going on here? Uh, Kyle, quit doing this. This isn't good. And she takes them into the office to talk to them about everything. And she takes Chucky away from him. Chucky immediately just stabs her to death. What a shame. Now, in the moment, I don't think she does anything wrong. But going all the way back to when she told Chucky where to find Andy, 
Guess what? All of these people live if you don't do that, except Manson. That's true. Everybody else lives. Blood is on your hands. This is all your fault, Grace. I don't feel bad for you that you got stabbed up. You seem like a nice lady, but boy, are you stupid. Things happen to stupid people. Darwin Award. Darwin Award, absolutely. Unbelievable. But she ends up getting stabbed to death. So Chucky gets uh, traps Andy in the office when they try to escape. Kyle gets out, but Andy, uh, Andy doesn't. Chucky takes him hostage again. And they climb out the window, and they sneak into the back of a newspaper truck. And Kyle sees this and gets in her car and starts chasing after him. Chucky's trying to do the ritual, and Andy, or Kyle, just drives up and, like, drives her car into the newspaper truck to get him to pull over, which is hilarious. I, good move. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, um, rule. Use your instincts. Yeah, that is a rule. Number 39, use your car as a weapon. Yeah. It's a big hunk of metal. If it wrecks, it wrecks. Who cares? But right. you can use that as an effective weapon. Absolutely. She does it. Follow that rule to a T. Yes. Um, so Chucky and Andy get out, and Chucky makes Andy run away into this uh, the good guy doll factory. They just happen to stop there. All of these things seem to be within a few blocks of each yeah, other. Yeah, Chicago, I guess, is pretty small the, town. The very, yeah, you know, I hear everything is right next to each other in Chicago. <laughs> so Kyle gives chase, and they, they're all in the factory now. Now it's our third act, which is epic. It is. So Chucky performs the ritual. And shockingly, he succeeds. Like, he finishes the ritual. The storm clouds rolled in. Everything is done. Unfortunately, it's too late. Chucky's trapped in the doll body. He took too long. The spirit of John Wilkes Booth is now stuck in the Chucky doll. (laughs) Yeah, yep. John Wilkes Booth, definitely. Slash Charles Lee. uh, Charles Lee Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald, who... Charles Wilkes Oswald. Charles, Charles Wilkes Oswald. Charles Wilkes Oswald. He is just a combination. <laughs> and so that's a big thing here. When you have like a ticking clock element in a horror movie, sometimes all you have to do is stall for long enough to right. you know, avoid this. And they succeeded. They right. Andy and Kyle, between the two of them, they have held Chucky off long enough so he can know he's trapped in this body. Now They still have to survive the movie, but... They're at least safe from this voodoo bullshit. Right. And Andy's not going to have his, his body taken over. Yeah, which is horrifying. That is, that's the top, top five, top five fear of mine now <laughs> after a few of these movies. <laughs> oh, it's just going to get worse. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so Kyle appears and drops a bunch of the, the good guy dolls on Chucky and they, they take off running and they end up going up this, this conveyor belt kind of thing. And Chucky's giving chase and they get through and then Kyle slams a gate on Chucky's hand, trapping him. It's great. It's great. And they don't have any other weapons on them, so they can't really double tap, but they trapped him. That's good enough for now. Right. But Chucky rips his own arm off and replaces it with a knife blade. Yes, confirming as well that he is no longer, like, no longer mostly doll. Yeah. When he rips off his hand, there are tendons and muscles and a lot of, a lot of blood going on. It's awesome. It is great. I love it. I'm a big fan of this. It, it looks great. So they, they try and get out the exit, but the exit is locked. That's another fire hazard. And we, we, we were talking about this earlier. OSHA would have a field day with this place. Oh, absolutely. It's it's terrible. There is not, not only, like, it is most definitely not OSHA compliant, mm-hmm. but it was also probably designed by Willy Wonka because, <laughs> it of, like it. because of how inefficient everything, whether it's the warehousing that things yep. are just kind of randomly placed into a maze. Yep, the warehouse or, is a labyrinth. Yes, or the assembly line where all of the machines, definitely not the most efficient way to make a doll. It looks so whimsical. Yes, exactly. You've got flying dolls all over the place. You've got big arms throwing 
extremities onto the body of the doll. Going back to like the engineers and the people who designed this this place, do your damn job. This is terrible. I don't think their hands are clean of any any issues either. No, this is this is not how you run a business. No. Terrible. So while they're escaping, they mess up this machine that places the eyeballs in the Chucky dolls. And so a technician sees this and he comes down to, to fix it. And he ends up, like, he's climbing into the machine fixing it. A, turn everything off. Like, turn the power down. Right. This just seems dangerous. You don't change a light bulb and forget to flick the switch off. Yeah. Let alone if it's your job working on these crazy-ass Willy Wonka machines. And, you know, if you're working with big machinery, maybe have someone else with you, like, to, like, spot you or anything like that in case anything goes wrong. Rule number 12, wait for backup. Yeah. Have a second person. Have a second set of eyes. Right. Well, I mean, he's about to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is he? Tell me more. <laughs> uh, so Chucky shows up and stabs him, and he falls back into the conveyor belt, which he just finished uh, fixing the machine, which puts the eyeballs through his own eyes. Painful. Horrible image. Uh, best kill of the movie, I think, though. I agree. And it, do you think, so he seemed to die instantly. Yeah, I hope so. I can only hope. I can only imagine how deep those went into the skull. Oof. They they hit brain. Yeah. They absolutely hit brain. Brutal. Brutal death. So this guy, you know, he, again, he didn't know he was in a horror movie until it was too late. But just some simple, uh, you know, doing your job better. Yes. Have some help and and just just be better at your job. Right. That's a very common theme in this movie. Everybody's terrible at their jobs. Everyone doesn't know. I don't know how all of these people are employed. Yeah. People Uh, are stupid. People are so stupid. Society, I don't know how it functions in this universe. I don't know how uh, everybody... Is everybody bad at their jobs in this universe? It it seems so. It's, It's horrendous. So, Kyle and Andy, they find a big vat of hot wax, which will come into play later. And they end up wandering over to this machine that is what puts the limbs into the Chucky body. They accidentally activate it. But Chucky ends up attacking them. And Kyle staples him to the conveyor belt. And Andy sends him up into the machine. Hey, whatever works. What you Do what you gotta do. You know, use your environment. I always say, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast. And maybe, you know what? How do you feel about adding a new rule? Let's do it. Alright, we're gonna add rule number 41. Use your environment to your advantage. I like that. My best example of this, and I, you know, when I, I like, I'm a big fan of Super Smash Brothers. Sure. And when I play, I like to play in the gimmicky stages, a lot of weird stuff happening, and weapons and items falling all around. You know, as gimmicky as possible. And people like you and our, our people in our friend group like to play no items, uh, battlefield. You know, the boring yes. stages. Um, and I, I, I don't like this because I think a true warrior knows his surroundings and he uses them to his advantage or her advantage, their advantage. And the best example I have is in Batman Begins where um, Liam Neeson's character is training Batman, Christian Bale, how to fight and they're fighting on the ice. And Christian Bale thinks he finally gets the upper hand and it reveals he's standing on a, a weak spot on the ice and Liam Neeson knocks the ice through and knocks sure. him into the water. And a true warrior uses his surroundings and his environment to his advantage. So that's how I play my Super Smash Brothers, and that's how you need to fight your horror movie villains. I can agree with you on the movie front. I can I can get get behind you there. You know, you just gotta use use what you have around you. Sometimes what is around you, like in Super Smash Bros, is complete luck yep. and completely random. Just like in real life. Um, just like in real life, but you gotta know how to respond and use it use it to your advantage. So I can't can't fault the rule there yep so that's that is rule number 41 and you know if you're fighting a bad guy in a factory why not why not use the machinery to your advantage yeah 
And both Kyle and Andy are going to do that. They, they use some sort of machine to staple Chucky in place and send him right at the conveyor belts into this body limb building machine. The thing comes back out and it looks like Chucky's been killed. And it's just this monstrosity with so many arms and legs, you don't even know what to do with it. But noticeably, there's no head there. Not not visible. Rule number two, constant vigilance. You gotta be a little bit more on the ball there. And another rule, rule number 33 is never assume you're safe. Right. And they're like, oh, it's over. Right. The second you say that, it's not over. Chucky survived more than a few extra limbs. Yep. So they do let their guard down a little bit here. And Chucky gets the drop on them. Ends up knocking Kyle out. And she falls into a conveyor belt heading up towards the body machine, which would not be good. Right. But Andy is very clever. Chucky attacks him and he dodges out of the way. And Chucky gets his knife hand stuck in something. And so Andy just dumps a ton of hot wax onto him and just melts him into this, this blob of something. I'm impressed by... The amount of machinery he knows how to use. Yeah. Again, follow Use rule your environment. Rule 41, use your environment to your advantage. Use your environment. Especially even... if you're a little kid, you can't have a weapon. You know, if you can't lock and load, right. use everything around you. Right. You don't, you don't have a weapon. You can't really overcome them physically. You're going to be kind of behind the eight ball there being a smaller human being. Gotta you got to outsmart them. You got to use what's around you. It's great. Uh, I really like Andy. He's very clever, especially for a five-year-old. Absolutely. Then Andy saves Kyle's life, and they get some, gets her out of the conveyor belt. Chucky is still alive, and finally Andy uses, or Kyle uses this this hose that was full of air, like an air hose, mm-hmm. that uh, Chucky had accidentally caught earlier and just shoves it into his mouth and causes him to inflate and blow up. Amazing. Which I, I did not... You know, you learn something new about the human doll anatomy every day. Yeah. I didn't know that's how it worked. No. I'm okay with it. I am, I'm willing to accept it. And so the movie ends. Uh, Kyle and Andy leave the factory. That's where it ends. Credits. Then they jump in the air, freeze frame. <laughs> Basically. Dun, 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 we save the day. <laughs> and that is Child's Play 2. And we got one new rule. Rule number 41, use your environment to your advantage. Nick, you like that rule? I enjoy it. I, I think it's a good all-encompassing rule. I think it's something that all characters can follow. Um, there's not a lot of limits to following the rule. No. Um, so I, I feel like it's a good ad. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. So, let's get into some awards. All right. The first award is the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules of surviving a horror movie. This is, of course, based off Randy from Scream, my favorite movie character of all time. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Nick, do you have any thoughts on who should get this award? I think my nomination goes to our main boy, Andy. I feel like he learned a lot from his first rendezvous with uh with chucky um he tried to do as much as he could he learned some new things along the way this second time around and eventually made enough good decisions where we had to add a rule uh, based on his actions yeah i completely agree i want to give an honorable mention to kyle i think she's very good Uh, a few mistakes on both of their parts but they're kids and andy especially is a five-year-old and i think he's so impressive with what he's able to do especially when he gets the electric saw out yeah tries to take the fight to chucky yes it's really great. Not perfect, of course, because five-year-old. Right. Uh, but I think Andy Barkley is the clear winner here. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, Andy wins the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Congratulations, Andy. Is this is this Andy's second win? No, he didn't win the first time. Who won the it first was time? his mom that won the first oh, time. Oh, that's right. 
but he is definitely one of the youngest to ever win. Uh, he's got to be. He's definitely there's one Children of the Corn. There's another really young kid. I can't remember how old that kid was. So, okay. but and I don't know if Andy's five for sure, but Andy might be the youngest. It's okay. definitely between him and one other one. Okay. We've had three really young kids win. Really? Yeah. Halloween Five had like a, an eight year old or a ten year old win. Ooh. So next we have the Night of the Living Pleb Award, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Nick, do you have any thoughts on who should win the Night of the Living Club Award? Oh, man. Where where to start? Yeah. I, th- I think we've got a lot of people who could be nominated. Most of our social servants in... Yeah. In this uh, movie, whether it be our social workers, our teachers, surprisingly, not the cops this time. I nope. think I think the first time, the first uh, child's play, the cops were could probably be fit into that category, um, yep. but not this time around. But I think overall, my nomination has to go to Grace. Grace I, is rough. I think that she is the one that makes the initial dumb decision to kind of kick off this whole movie. Yep. By giving Chucky the address to where Andy Andy is. And then just from there, although she has like good intentions all the way through, she's just not vigilant enough and just makes the wrong decisions at the wrong time. I like Grace, but I think I got one better. I think that's Mrs. Kettlewell, the teacher. She is such a bitch. True. Terrible at her job. Fuck that bitch. Uh, she, you know, she puts Andy in danger by locking him in a room with a demonic doll. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me is, is when she gets knocked down by Chucky, mm-hmm. she just lets herself get beaten to death with a ruler. She doesn't do anything. Right. Whereas Grace didn't have a chance to do anything. When Chucky finally reveals himself, she's already got a knife in her. That's true. So she dies so quickly. I don't think she had a chance to do anything. Whereas Miss Kettlewell definitely had a chance to fight back. Right. So what do you think, Miss Kettlewell? We can let's go that way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even though the worst mistake in the movie definitely goes to Grace, I just think Miss Kettlewell did more. And, right. You know, at least fight back. Come on. Right. So Night of the Living Pleb is Miss Kettlewell, and she's not so living anymore. Death, death by ruler. <laughs> Good riddance. Uh, nobody missed you. Okay, Nick, did you like doing Child's Play two? I enjoyed it. I I feel like the the series just keeps on going up. Do you want to do Child's Play three? I, I could be coerced. All right. Uh, you are locked in for Child's Play 3. All right. This will be fun. I got to ask, though, is Child's Play 3 based in space? No. No, Chucky has not gone to space. No. Never. That's too bad. Child's Play 3, are we still, I mean, just as an intro to the next movie, I suppose, are we Are we expecting to see Chucky again? Yes. Is that yes? yes. <laughs> even yeah. even though we were sure we destroyed him this time. Oh yeah, no, Andy's coming. Uh, no, Chucky's coming back. Andy's coming back. Does Andy come back older? Yes, different actor. Oh. All right, so it is time to spin the wheel. Let's go. So here's what's on the wheel right now. We have a Nightmare on Elm Street Four: The Dream Master. We have Children of the Corn Five: Fields of Terror. Oh man. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Four: The Next Generation. Uh, Halloween Nine, which is the Rob Zombie remake. Child's Play Three now. Perfect. Leprechaun 2, Saw 4, Friday the 13th Part 3. All right. Nick, spin the wheel. Ooh, we got a Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. I'm excited. Actually, I think that would be the best movie on the wheel. It sounds su- I haven't seen it, but it sounds super metal. It's it's okay. It's it's not my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but almost every movie on the wheel right now is absolute trash. The only ones I like 
are Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Everything else, I think, is a bad movie. So Perfect. Thanks, man. You, you spun the best movie on the wheel. You know, it's it's one of my top ten skills. <laughs> it's good. Wheel spinning. Wheel spinning. I've been practicing ever since I wanted to get on to Price is Right. Yeah. Or Wheel of Fortune, uh, you mean? Or I, no, I, I want I want to I want to spin for the showcase showdown where you spin the big wheel, try and get a dollar. Oh, okay, I, I don't know about. I have never seen Prices Right. Are you fucking kidding no, me? No, I've never seen it. Rude. I wasn't a big game show guy. I've seen Wheel of Fortune because it was on before Survivor. Sure. I've seen like Jeopardy once or twice. Okay. Well, Prices Right is on at 10 a.m. on CBS. Okay. Every every Monday through Friday. So do yourself a service. You know what I did watch though was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. When who was it? Regis. When Mary? Oh, Regis, the OG days. Absolutely, Regis. All right. Okay. Well, you can follow us at on Twitter at How to Horror and on Instagram at How to Survive a Horror Movie. One day I'll post a second picture on there. One day. What was your first picture? Me and uh, Derek doing the first episode of the podcast. <laughs> that's all you need. You need the origin story. Yeah, that's all we got on there. But one day. So go ahead and follow us there. And uh, I think that's about it. Nick, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. This one was fun. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.